0: Hey everyone and welcome back to the redbeard outdoors podcast. I'm Jonathan your host and here at redbeard outdoors I talk about faith, family, fitness and the outdoors because I've recognized that people who are consistently successful in their lives apply those four aspects on a regular basis and as I get to have conversations with these individuals I want to share it with you and of course our tinkering Tuesdays where I get to share the gear that I use that I've seen possibly others use or companies send to me to do some reviews on etc things that I want to recommend for you so that you don't have to spend the time going out and testing things spending your hard-earned money on uh, gear that you may not possibly use so that's what I'm here for and uh, just wanted to let you guys know today being Saturday we've got an amazing guest her name is Amy Joe. and you guys may or may not have heard about her I had her husband on a couple weeks ago on the podcast as well They've built an amazing relationship and family up to this point and have had an awesome journey that I just want to share with you guys. But before we get into that conversation, I want to give a quick shout out to the show partners. Of course, first and foremost, guys, I want you to join us over at Redbeard's Fit Crew. This is your personal invitation to come and join us over there. Right now, we're doing March Madness through the end of the month, so you've got about a week left once you hear this podcast, and uh, we're just doing a rucking challenge over there, guys, just to get ourselves outside, starting off spring and uh, hitting it hard, getting some training in, getting ready for any hunts that we may have in the fall, hiking, backpacking, camping that you've got over the summer and the fall as well. And just want you to get outside. So come join us over there at Redbeards Fit Crew on Facebook and the First Form Outdoors Facebook group as well. I'd love to see you guys over there. Message me if you have any questions about it, but I'd love to have you. And then we've got Alpine Fuel, Heather's Choice, my go to nutrition for the backcountry, guys. And you've got, of course, first form supplements, best on the market. If you're looking for anything from greens, to multivitamins, to a protein, to a pre-workout, etc. It's made here in the U.S., high-quality ingredients. Again, message me if you have any questions or shoot me an email. I'd love to help you out getting you around the right track. We've also got Black Ovis. If you guys have never shopped at Black Ovis or Camo Fire, I highly recommend it. Definitely go check them out. They have just tons of gear from backpacks to boots to just about from glass, anything that you need, guys, just definitely go check out Black Ovis. All in Digiscoping, best Digiscoping on the market. A3 Archery Bowstrings, best bowstrings on the market. Cryptek, I finally have a code for you guys, Redbeard15. Save yourself 15% as you go and shop Cryptek, get your camo and your day-to-day use. Cryptek's the way to go. Castrol Glassing Systems, Quattro Archery Stabilizers, Absolute Aid CBD, My Medic Affect Beard Oil, and of course my go-to Bino Harness, the Muley Freak Game Changer. Guys, check out those links down below. Support companies that are supporting the podcast and get the best gear on the market as well. That's a big reason why I started this, so that I could provide a good discount for you guys for the best equipment on the market. So go check them out, guys. That's one big way you can support me here on the podcast another way you can support if you're not looking to go buy gear items leave a review if you get something out of this podcast leave a review share it with others let them know and of course go over to the youtube channel if you want to watch this and subscribe to the youtube leave a comment with any questions anything along those lines i always get back to them with that being said guys i'm excited to get into this conversation without further ado let me introduce you to amy joe Hey everybody and welcome back uh, to the podcast. Here I've got Amy Joe. She is just a stud of an individual. Her and her husband are crushing at it what they do, uh, which is so many things that it's hard to to remember all of them. But um, you know, you guys have a farm. You guys have uh, jujitsu going on. You guys love physical training. You love bow hunting. Uh, you guys just kind of do it all. So, (laughs) um, I don't really even know what your job is, Amy. I just, you know, I just know that, uh, you guys do a lot of stuff and I met, I met you guys at TAC. Um, Mm -hmm. I was really impressed with what I've seen so far and I just, I love getting people on the podcast, uh, that aren't these, uh, you know, Insta famous people that just, you know, seem to be able to do it all. I, I like getting people on like, like me that have a family, you've got stuff going on in the real world, and you post little clips of it on social media to show people that they can do it also. So Amy Joe, who are you? And uh, who are you in a nutshell, basically?
1: Cool. Well, uh, I think you just kind of nailed everything right there. Um, I, to answer your question, what I do, a lot of people ask us this. Uh, I'm in digital marketing and branding So I get to work from home. Um, I work with a few clients, so I'm able to make my own schedule, which has been a long-term goal of mine to be able to pursue all of the interests that me and Tony have. But um, yeah, I'm I'm a fitness and health enthusiast. I uh, am a bow hunter. Um, I practice jujitsu. We have a small hobby farm in North Texas. So we've got chickens, cows, a donkey, dogs. Um and then yeah we have a RV so we travel whenever we can and um yeah we just we stay busy
0: <laughs> That's awesome. I right, that's that's so cool that you guys have kind of you've created this life that you want um and and you're able to go out and just kind of do what you want to do and and that's pretty cool. So uh let I guess let's start with um know, I got your husband's side of how you got into (laughs) Uh, jujitsu, but I want to hear your side. Let's start there and uh, move on to some of the other things that you guys really enjoy doing. What's, what draws you to jujitsu? What was the initial draw to that? Because it's such an interesting martial arts uh, Mm -hmm. that that people don't know about.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, Tony, he set a really good example for me. He's trained for, you know, 14 plus years. And so when we started dating, he made it very clear, like, hey, you know, I, I go train jiu-jitsu several times a week. That's kind of my thing. And uh, I was like, I, I respect that. I think that's great. Um, and then 2020 hit and the world kind of fell apart. And I was like, man, I would really like to be an asset instead of a liability. So I need to learn to defend myself better. Um, so he just was like, hey, why don't you try out jiu-jitsu? So I tried out a couple of schools, and then I ended up going to his school last because I didn't – I wanted it to be something that I did because I wanted to do it, not just because he was doing it. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, hey, try out my school last. You're always welcome to join me. And I went there, and there's a there's a lot of really impressive women there that train. And so I, I walked in, and I – you know, I'm lucky I've been naturally gifted athletically, but when I walked into the jiu-jitsu school, um, I was just I was getting hammered. <laughs> so, it was very humbling and very eye-opening of wow, it really doesn't matter how fast and how strong you are if you don't have the skill set or like the mindset to defend yourself. Um, you're kind of a sitting duck. So, it's just it's been something for me that's been really challenging. And, um, I love challenges. And so I just, it just keeps bringing me back. It's, it's painful every time. It's a really good lesson for your ego. And, um, it just, you know, internally and externally has so many, um, rewards to it.
0: Definitely. No, I, I love that explanation of it and, uh, your stories line up. So I like that too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) It's pretty much how
0: Tony explained it as well. So I I love that, that you guys, uh, you know, you, you got into it as, so I'd like to highlight this because, um, it's hard for people. This is a hurdle that not many people talk about, um, whether it's taboo, whatever. And I just kind of, I'm that guy that I'll talk politics, finances, and all that at the dinner table, right? Mm -hmm. Like I don't, I, I don't feed into those taboo things. So as a woman, it's hard to walk into a gym where you're going to be rolling around on the mats with men and women Mm -hmm. and, and getting your butt kicked in a a very physical sport. Um, that's, that's a big hurdle for people to get over. Now I understand you're an an athlete and that's something that you've enjoyed doing. So maybe not as big of a hurdle, but I'm sure it was still something that took a little courage to go into that, that gym the first time and Mm -hmm. start doing that. So what is it maybe what's something that and I'm, I'm going to highlight something else, too. I'm going to come back to it. But something that for you was uh, kind of that defining moment where you were like, you know what, I'm going to get over this, whatever hurdle it is, and just go in and get after it. What What's maybe some advice you could give uh, to women out there that are looking at getting into it?
1: Yeah, man, I think if it's just because I really was nervous going in for the first time. Um, but I it was on my heart for a while. And it just kept recurring and showing up like I need to do this I need to do this and I just I've learned in life the more something shows up in my heart that I push away I have to just explore that because it's just going to kind of eat away at you so you really just have to like put your fears and your ego aside and just step in and do it you know be okay and accept the fact that you're probably going to fail at first and there's going to be moments that are uncomfortable, but that's how you know you're growing is if you're experiencing discomfort. So that would be it. And I mean, same thing. I know like there's a barrier to entry for like women entering the gym for the first time, because what do the machines do? What do you know, how do you do use the dumbbells, even there's, there's so many things that go into it. But if you just like, start small and show up, and that's really the biggest thing is just show up, you know, there's, there's always going to be people there to, help encourage you and you know you'll fall into the right the right group but you just have to show up first
0: I love it I love it yeah so just show up and then I mean sometimes that that's something too that that doesn't really get mentioned a lot I mean you had some good reasons but there wasn't necessarily something that um was like the trigger of okay today's the day it was just you just said I'm going to go do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people underestimate the power of just saying I'm going to go do it being true mm-hmm. to what you want, and and to yourself, uh, and the goals that you've set for yourself. You did also mention something in there, though, that's pretty key. Um, and I, I love the verbiage that you use, but saying that you wanted to be an asset, not a liability, mm-hmm. um, as things were getting a little, you know, crazy out there. And uh, people were not knowing, you know, where meat was coming from and, and, and stuff along those lines, you wanted to do everything that you could to make sure that you weren't and it's not I could almost guarantee you that Tony didn't feel that you were a liability, right? But knowing recognizing maybe some things that you could improve on, I think that's also something that's really key uh, mm-hmm. for anyone, men, women, children, uh, to recognize and, and as parents or as as a parent, um, you know, it's something that I want my kids to recognize as well. Not sit back and say, "Well, I guess I can't do it," mm-hmm. but get in the mindset of, "Well, I couldn't do it today, but a year from now, I'm going to be the best I can at it." Right? Yeah. And so that's really cool. But yeah,
1: yeah, it's such a confidence boost too. You know, like I, I have my my CHL, so I can you know carry my gun, and I have have my Montana knife, my EDC I always have on me, and um, just knowing that I have options and that you know, there's, you know, we do live in a broken world, there's a lot of good in it. But reality is, it's very broken. And so being able to be somewhere and know, like, you know, if if I'm somewhere with one of my friends who has a little kid, and you know, there's, you know, a guy comes up to us, like, I know, I can at least do something, you know, may not work completely. But I know, hey, I can at least take charge in that moment. And Um, just being able to be capable is just, it's such a confidence boost and, and it applies in every area of life too.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And, and, you know, having that confidence, being able to walk out there, it's so talking about jujitsu a little bit, it's a different kind of sport. So like karate is cool. Taekwondo is awesome. Um, it teaches discipline. It teaches different, uh, defensive mechanisms, but there's something about between wrestling and even jujitsu, even more so that it teaches you to not freeze up when someone puts hands on you. And I think there's that's something that, again, is very underestimated in Mm -hmm. today's society. We're so socially distanced, even just when we're in the store now, we've, over the last couple of years, have been taught to stay distanced from people. And so even more so now, not having that close contact and and your personal bubble, not everyone's going to respect that. And so Mm -hmm. being able to not freeze up naturally, not that people do it on purpose, right? But there's so many people that have that reaction that when someone grabs them, even if it is in a kind way, if you're surprised, and someone's coming up behind you to give you a hug that knows you loves you, whatever, but there's no warning, a lot of people freeze up or freak Mm -hmm. out and don't know what to do. And that's that's something that is invaluable to be able to retrain your mind in a way to where you can be as comfortable as possible in those situations. Uh, Mm -hmm. when hopefully it never happens. But if it does happen, you're ready for it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that that's definitely a big deal. Um, Now, you mentioned something I'm I'm noticing here kind of a little bit of a trend. Before we got on here, you were I was asking you about, you know, do you prefer Amy or Amy Joe, And you Mm -hmm. you let you let me know that, you know, people kind of picked on you as you were younger, uh, for Joe being a boy name. Mm -hmm. And just kind of walk me back through that now that we're recording tell tell me a little bit more about that story
1: yeah uh just kind of I was actually um, named after one of my parents really good friends um who um, my parents uh kind of recompassing everything um I'm one of six kids and um, my parents have been together for 40 Six years now, I think. Um, That's amazing. They're an amazing, yeah, they're an amazing couple. Um, My dad was a uh, a single income family. My mom raised the kids, and uh, my dad was working hard, and he was always home every night. Um, We, you know, we grew up really well, like with really hardworking parents, and so. But you know, when they first you know started having kids, were married, they didn't have a lot of money, and so um, Joe. Uh, was one of my parents' really good friends, and he actually, um, when I was born, they didn't have enough money, um, and he really helped my parents out during that time. So I was named after Joe. Um, and then as a kid, naturally, you know, kids are mean. <laughs> kids, not all of them, but kids can be mean, and they made fun of me for Joe. And um, so I was just, I just kind of knew early on in my heart, like, okay, well, I need to attack this and own this, so I'm going to be Amy Joe. And so, um, instead of just sticking with Amy, I was like, I'm going to be Amy Joe." And then, you know, being number five of six kids, you're kind of down on the totem pole. So I have older brothers, older sisters. And, um, we grew up in a house where, you know, if you pick a fight with your sibling and you run to mom or dad, they're not protecting you. Like if you pick that fight, you better, you better own up to it. You know? So I was, I think it was just a product of my upbringing too, um, you know, my dad was out there hustling every day, had a good attitude and was like, you know, life, life is what you make of it, you know? So, um, I think it was just, I was really lucky to have such a good upbringing like that, where it was a lot of tough love, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. So you, I mean, and, and you see this again, nowadays, there's a lot of, uh, kids that are going through this as well. Um, I've had these discussions with my kids as well, just that, you know, they get picked on for certain things that either are out of your control or in this case, you could have, you could have just stuck with Amy, mm-hmm. but you're, you're taking, you're taking the bull by the horns. You're taking your situation and you're controlling what you can and you're embracing it and and you're embracing that struggle. And so again, like I was saying, you're, you kind of had that theme in your life where you like to take on these challenges mm-hmm. and, uh, and overcome them, which I think is awesome, especially being younger in the, in the sibling group, I can definitely understand how you could have gone the other way where you were a little bit more spoiled. Maybe you weren't the tail end. You weren't the caboose of the the kids, but, but, uh, usually those, the, the younger kids get spoiled a little bit more than the older ones do. So, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's, it's very, it's a very important lesson for, uh, for children nowadays as well to understand that you can't always change things you can choose how you take the situation mm-hmm. though and, and control what you can. And, um, I think that's, that's really cool that you, you know, you took that on and, and yes, children can be, they can be <laughs> pretty mean when the, especially when the parents aren't around, they yeah. can say some things that <laughs> you're like, where did you hear that from? Or what, Yeah, like, where did that come from? But that's For cool. Sure. That, that's an awesome story too, that your, uh, your neighbor, you know, was able to help out and, and this great community. It sounds like, mm-hmm. so that's, that's awesome. So have you, you're always from Texas.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a Texas okay. girl.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I figured you were Southern. You keep saying, you know, on my heart and that's totally a Southern mm. thing. I'm from North Carolina. And so I pick up on little things like that. It just, yeah. may, it brings me back to home. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, being in Texas, uh, you, you mentioned you guys have a hobby farm. Mm-hmm. So walk me through kind of what you guys have planned for your hobby farm. Cause it used to be beef cattle. Owners, and that was an awesome yeah. story. That yeah, <laughs> that was that was fun to hear from Tony. But tell me about this uh, the farm. I'm a little interested in in that. What's your purpose with it? What do you guys want to do with with your farm?
1: Yeah, uh, I'll just say our neighbors get a kick out of us over here because we've just fully jumped in and taught ourselves everything. Um, I you know I grew up in Texas. We had you know dogs and cats growing up uh, a goat, you know, just random stuff, but it was never like on a farm. Um, but we're, you know, health is really important to us and, you know, being out of the city on land, you know, having grass and pastures and animals is really important to us. We have chickens so we can have fresh eggs. Um, Tony told you how we accidentally got into, uh, beef (laughs) processing, which, has actually been like the greatest thing for us, like moving forward for the rest of our lives. We will always have a cow each year that we process for our family and ourselves. Um, just because we know where that beef came from, the kind of life it lived, and um, that you know ultimately like it was our hands that did it. you know, we're not paying a middleman. So that's important to us. We have, uh, gosh, we've just set it up to where it's it's a full lifestyle. We've got an archery range out here. Um, we just set up a, a sauna. We learned, you know, the benefits of that. So we were like, you know, we got to add that out here. We've got a gym out here. So it really is just set up completely to where, you know, we're as capable on our own as we can be. You know, when COVID hit and we were forced to work from home, nothing really changed for us. We weren't locked out of a gym. We weren't, you know, we had our archery range in the backyard so we could go shoot. We you know, had our eggs, we had freezers full of meat because of, you know, the cows that we've processed. So that was like a really big thing for us that was like, okay, we're, we're on the right path here. You know, we don't have to depend on anyone else other than ourselves. And we're able to help out friends and neighbors too, which is important for us as well. So the farm has just become so much more than what we thought it would be. We, we moved out here 2019 and um, we fenced most of the place ourselves and it is very rocky out here so we had the you know the post drivers and we were taking turns and um, just have completely made it ours so there's a lot of pride that goes into it and a lot of purpose and intention so it's really cool to see how it's um, how it's all played out for us.
0: Oh, for sure. That's awesome. I, I, I love that idea. And also the fact that you were saying, you know, when COVID hit, everything got locked down, things didn't really change for you guys. Um, that's, that's kind of, I think a lot of people had a, uh, an awakening to that, to the fact that things can change in the drop of a hat. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, it's unfortunate how quick it could change. But um, again, I think it's a good, I, I hate and feel for all the people that have suffered through it, obviously, but I also feel like it was a good test for a lot of people. Uh, Mm -hmm. to see where you're at. And, and even so, even, even being that way, um, you know, in general health in general is just the biggest factor health and getting outside seem to be Mm -hmm. the biggest factor with uh, those who, you know, suffered the most from COVID and didn't obviously cutting out any, any uh, genetic factors or anything like that. But as far as the stuff that again, going back to what you can control, um, being healthy and getting outside as much as you possibly can is mm-hmm. are two big factors that have shown to uh, to stave off any uh, most diseases, if not just mm-hmm. COVID itself. So, yeah. um, you know, you being in Texas, you obviously spend out uh, a lot of time out am Surprised you guys have a sauna when you live in mm-hmm. Texas because you just yeah. have to walk outside. It's humid enough, I'm sure, and it's yeah. definitely hot enough. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, growing up in Texas, what are some things that you you did growing up that encouraged that, uh, kind of the lifestyle you guys have now, the outdoors fitness. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then we'll get into archery a little bit later as well.
1: Yeah. Um, so I think it was big with, again, back to my parents. Um, I appreciate them so much, especially as I get older, cause I didn't always get along with them, but as I get older, I'm like, <laughs> I get it. You know, I get why they were the way they were. And they were, um, we for probably, until fifth grade, uh, they homeschooled us. And, um, it was, we didn't have cable in the house. We had some movies, but it was like, if you're bored, I'm either going to give you something to do or go outside and play, you know, Mm -hmm. get out of the house. And, you know, we, like I said, we had dogs and cats and, um, I just always loved being outside. Um, we lived on a ranch for a little bit. And so there was horses out there and then we, had a lake house at one point too. So we were always on the boat or I was, you know, just in the water doing something. So I think it was just kind of a product of my environment. You know, we weren't, we weren't really allowed to sit and watch TV all day. It was very much like you've been inside too long, get outside, you know? So that became very rewarding for me. Um, And then it's just kind of always, always been in my heart after that.
0: No, that's awesome. That's, and I I love that kind of parenting style of, you know, I I try and encourage that with my kids. I'm definitely not the best at, uh, you know, keeping them off the screens, uh, but the screen time has to be earned. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, it's, it's still a fight whether they like it or not, but it's funny because that just that little bit of a hurdle, especially we just got a bunch of snow over the last couple of days. And so the kids were like, "Eh, I don't feel like doing my chores. I'm going to go out and play. And I was just like, for a second, I'm like, but I need your room clean. But then mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'll definitely get out and play. We'll take care of the room. Later. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, they that's... There for,
0: they'll be there for hours.
1: Yeah. You want to encourage that for sure. And it's, it's a different time too. I mean, we, we didn't, we had TVs growing up. We had one computer that the whole family shared and that was it, you know? So nowadays it's, it's definitely different. And, um, we just, when we see parents, you know, especially like you that, you know, try to get your kids outside more, we just have so much respect for that. Cause nowadays it's so easy to just give your kid an iPad and then go on with the day. Cause, you know, we don't have kids yet, but I mean, I know it's, it's gonna, it's a lot. Um, but I just, I feel like it's kind of the easy route to just give them a phone or an iPad and then leave them to be babysat. But, pushing them to get outside, do outdoor, outdoor activities together. Um, it's just the best thing for them.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. It's been interesting to listen to, um, like Huberman is a guy that Mm -hmm. I listen to as far as neuroscience is concerned. Uh, and, and he talks about that dopamine. Um, there's also a book I want to read. It's on my list. Um, I think it's called dopamine nation or something like that, but basically it, it, the discussion of you're getting this, it's even more detrimental for young men um, when you get this hit of dopamine without having to do something physical behind Mm -hmm. it and your body gets accustomed to doing that. So whether that be video games, whether that be, uh, you know, like my kids, I mean, the most we give them is like Minecraft and Disney plus, right. But either way they're getting a a hit of dopamine by being on that screen rather than the hit of dopamine for building a, a fort in the snow or throwing mm-hmm. snowballs and hitting something with it, or shooting a bow, going out this last weekend and getting to shoot with with my sons at the 3D course. Um, and I was actually pretty impressed. My middle son did really well. He was shooting out to 60 yards. And we've never wow. shot that far. We've gone out to 40. And so, I mean, it was a big old moose, but still he was hitting foam, right? And we had a lot of fun. And, uh, and then my youngest son, who's eight, has his little bow. And he was out there seeing kids his age with the nicer uh, more, uh, I guess, adjustable compound bows. And I have them, you know, this little toy bow. And he was like, well, mine aren't sticking in the target like theirs. And I said, well, that's an upgraded bow. He was like, like acting all offended. Like what, when, when <laughs> do I get one? You know? Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so
0: like just that it's, it was cool to see that, but that's that the, the dopamine receptors and, and all the stuff that, you know, neuroscientists talk about it, it, we tap into that by physical work which is a lot of the stuff that you guys do as well on your farm, Mm -hmm. seeing the growth, even though it's a delayed gratification, when you see that little green pop up in your garden, you know, in the spring, that's a, that's a big deal. Uh, Mm -hmm. when you see, you know, your, your cow growing the way that it needs to grow so that you can provide for your family. Um, when you're shooting your bow in your backyard, you know, getting to hit that target, all Mm -hmm. of those things are, are, uh, are amazing. They take work, but they're also great, uh, great activities to get out Mm -hmm. and, and, and do. So I think that's cool that you guys incorporate all of those. Now, as far as physical fitness is concerned, so you were kind of, you know, not forced, but encouraged to be outside most of your, your childhood. Did you play any sports growing up?
1: I did. Yeah. I I played every sport that I could growing up. I was always, awesome. I remember I was little, I just, I thought I was so fast and I used to race all the boys (laughs) on the playgrounds. Like I was always just naturally a tomboy, but Um, My parents started that really early. I was in t-ball, little dribblers. And then um, high school, I went to a private school. So um, naturally, like if you're athletic, they want you to play every sport. So I played softball, volleyball, basketball, track. And then in college, I ran track for two years. And then I would have stuck with that, but I didn't know what I wanted to do in college. And I was just like, you know, two more years didn't. Didn't seem like it was taking me anywhere. I, I was still figuring out what I wanted to do, so I ultimately dropped out. And then from there, I got into um, CrossFit. I started competing in CrossFit, and then um, was interested in uh, bikini competitions. So I did one of those. And then from there, you know, now I just I'll do a Spartan race each year. I, you know, I bow hunt, which is so much physical activity and work. Um, which is great. And then jujitsu. So I've kind of just, just done so much throughout the years.
0: <laughs> I'd say so. That's, <laughs> that's quite a, quite a span of activity there. So uh, what did you do in track? What was your, your event?
1: Uh, I ran the four by 100, the 200 meter and a high jumped.
0: Gotcha. So, so a sprinter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was a sprinter. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Started on That's the really playground. Cool.
0: <laughs> right? Racing the, boys <laughs> racing the boys. And I just,
1: yeah, I just made a thing of it. So.
0: That's really cool. That's really cool. And then, uh, so now, you know, you're into CrossFit, Jiu-Jitsu, um, okay. and bow hunting. So what is it about CrossFit, and you're still going to CrossFit gym, from what I've seen your your posts and things like that, you, you still train uh, CrossFit style. What is it about CrossFit that, uh, I guess, attracts you to that style?
1: Mm. I really like the strength aspect of it. Um, when I was training for my bikini competition, for instance, it was very much, you know, pick four exercises, do four sets and then move to the next station. Um, I really like high impact, you know, get me going type stuff. Like I was a sprinter. So I like that fast paced, um, give it all you got. So for CrossFit, I really like that You know, the the style is very much give it all you got and go really heavy. Um, But there's also a lot of technique with it, too. So to do, you know, the Olympic style lifts, if you want to go heavy and not break your joints, you know, you have to have really good technique with it, too. So I really just like the overall, you know, well-rounded fitness that I get from it. It's not just... um, I'm building muscle. I'm just, I'm building strength overall, strength and endurance, which really transfers over to jiu jitsu and bow hunting. Because with bow yeah. hunting, especially because we go out west, um, you have to be able to put in the miles. So you have to be able to have a heavy pack on your back. You have to be able to hold a bow in your arm all day. Um, and then once you get something down on the ground, then the work really starts. You got to pack it out, in and out. And so it kind of all, meshes together for me in that aspect.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. That's, uh, it's, it's definitely competitive uh, when you get into the group environment and there as well with, with CrossFit. Um, I, I haven't gone full bore into it, but the times that I've done it, I've enjoyed it now, maybe Mm -hmm. not during it, but afterwards (laughs) yeah, yeah, (laughs) or all the smack talk, you know, before, but, uh, you know, it's been a little while since I've done a, a CrossFit workout and then, uh, during the hunt expo, um, we did one at a local CrossFit gym here uh, with Elk Shape. We had Black Rifle Coffee bring mm-hmm. some people in, um, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, just all the all the encouragement, but also like it was funny because you could see the people that uh, you knew hadn't been there before and hadn't really worked out before uh, intensely anyway. But they mm-hmm. showed up because you know because Dan Elk Shape was there or Black Rifle, and it was local. And, uh, and it was cool to see how the people that were veterans of it, they could come in and notice that and give the encouragement there. But then yeah. turn around and smack talk the person next to them that yeah. they knew was a veteran of of working out. So it was cool to be able to see that. And I, I do love that community aspect. Um, my, my biggest holdback for CrossFit is the fact that I don't have an hour to sit and chat afterwards.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that's what's cool about CrossFit. There's a lot of camarad camar- mm-hmm. camaraderie—that's the word—and community involved too. So yeah. there's healthy competition, and then there's also mm-hmm. oh, there's you know back to that when someone does decide to show up to the gym for the first time, they're going to recognize that and welcome them in. You know, so there's yep. there's a lot of really cool things to that. We um, we mostly train at our gym um, on our farm. So we get, we get those types of workouts in by ourselves, but at Jitsu is kind of where our community is. And it's very similar there as well. You know, you've got the people that you talk smack to that you're more level with. Um, mm-hmm. and then when a newbie comes in, you're like, Hey, you know, just stick it out. You're going to be great. And just have that encouragement for them.
0: Yeah. And then you've been, so you've been training jujitsu for, was it Three, four years?
1: This'll be years. my fourth year. Yeah. Going into my fourth okay. year.
0: And you're a blue belt, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I like to highlight that for people because I know you're consistent with it. Um, you know, I, I again, I trust what, what Tony's told me, he said, you've been kicking butt. So I, <laughs> I need guys to, to understand that as well, that, you know, you're going to be a white belt for a while. Like, don't go into this thinking it's, uh, some of the other martial arts where you can level, level up mm-hmm. really quick, right? Like this is something that when you walk in, you see a blue belt, you know, they've been there at least a couple of years. And then, yeah. uh, you know, you see the Brown belts and you're like, wow, that's like almost a decade worth of training mm-hmm. right there. And then it just goes up from there. So that's awesome. And congratulations on your blue belt. Cause that's pretty recent, isn't it?
1: Uh, yeah, it was just around this time last year that I got my blue belt. Okay. So that's yeah, awesome. It was cool when I did start, there was a girl that um, she's a brown belt, brown belt, super athletic, and I was rolling with her and she was like, hey, like, you're going to be good. Just be okay with getting your ass kicked for six months and then like Mm -hmm. go from there, you know, and that actually kept me going because there were days where I'm just like, gosh, this person is not as athletic as me and they're (laughs) killing me. You know, it was so good for the ego because. You know, in sports, I was always able to be like, that's the top person. That's that's the goal line that I need to beat. If I put X amount more hours of work in than she does, I can beat her, you know? And then I would just kind of hover there. But with jujitsu, it's so different. Like you can't just put in eight weeks of really tough work and then you're gonna be magically better than anyone else. It does not work that way. It's literally mm-hmm. years. Um, so it's and the goal, you know, the goal with that to me and Tony talk is like the goal is just to be able to train forever. You know, as long as we're alive, the goal is to be able to train. So when you put that into perspective, the discomfort that you're going through now and the frustration that you're going through now, you know, is really so small in the grand scheme of things.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's a whole different animal because when I first went in, you know, I, I tried to muscle through. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this guy is not going to break my guard. Right. And that was like, you know, that was the worst mistake I could have made. <laughs> but for me, yeah. I was just like, I was like, I'm not going to let him break my guard. And so I'm sitting there and my feet are interlocked and my legs are just on fire holding him. And he couldn't, he could not break my guard, but I couldn't walk the next day because <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because my calves had been so strained uh holding it in there you know and uh it, it's it's a whole different animal because like you said you look at these people that are kicking your butt and you're like man I could beat them in a race I could outlift them I could do this I could do that and they're kicking my butt here on the mat like I don't mm-hmm. I don't even know what's happening and I'm in a yeah. I'm in a triangle like
1: <laughs> yeah know? it happened how how did I get here yeah. yeah but being able to tap you're like it makes you be okay with defeat like okay I'm going to mm-hmm. tap cuz I learned a while back that my body stops way before my brain stops. And Mm -hmm. so, but with jujitsu, I'm like, okay, you know, health first, that's what they teach us is health first and then go from there, you know? So being able to tap and say, okay, it's okay. You got me, you know, good game. It it just kind of teaches you that, uh, humble spirit (laughs) if you don't have Mm -hmm. one. Yeah.
0: Yep, exactly. No, it's definitely, definitely a whole different animal. And I highly recommend that people go in and and test it out.
1: It's one of those things
0: that for me, it's, it's almost like, I recommend that everyone has at least a little bit of time working in some type of service, um, Mm -hmm. whether that be a waiter or, you know, whatever, but something in person, a service job, um, Mm -hmm. because then you, you learn to appreciate those jobs a a heck of a lot more than, Mm -hmm. uh, than if you don't. So Anyway, definitely that's that's definitely a great uh, great thing for people to go check out now as far as uh, bow hunting, which again you like to take on these challenging things uh, which you know I think is awesome uh, but you're you're not choosing the easy route you're not a you're not a Netflix connoisseur right mm-hmm. you're a, you really enjoy getting out and doing these challenging things So bow hunting uh, is definitely not an easy thing to do um, even I, I know in Texas, you know, you've got the feeders and things like that on some plots of land, and then you have very minimal public land that you can go out and, and hunt on. Uh, so why, I guess let's start with why bow hunting and then, and we'll go from there. Why yeah. bow hunting for you?
1: Uh, gosh, there's so many things. There's so many things. <laughs> why? And the, the longer I did it, the more I find more reasons why, um, I plan to continue doing it, but it's, um, I think there's so many, you know, physical aspects that go into it. You have to be uh, really sharp. You have to practice. Not everybody does, unfortunately, but, you know, if you want to be good, you have to practice. You have to stay consistent. You have to you have to know your weapon. You have to know yourself. Um, when you're out there hunting with a bow, it's pretty much as level a playing field as you're going to get between you and the animal. I mean, you are in that animal's element with – you know, a stick and a string. And um, you have to be really mindful and aware. And um, you have to keep a good attitude too, because you're probably going to go a lot longer without seeing something than you are uh, going to see something. And so keeping a good attitude. um, But also, like I said, like the physical aspect of it, um, you have to be really capable and, you know, literally on the ground level with these animals. So I think there's just so many um, like I said, like internal aspects of it where it's just, it's good for the soul, honestly, um, that a lot of people miss out on.
0: No, I definitely understand that too. That's uh it's, it's a whole different ball game. Um, you know, when you want to go out to, to bow hunt, uh, you're almost, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a reason why bow hiking is a, is a big joke, mm-hmm. you know, cause, cause it's true. There is a lot of bow hiking involved where, you're not really, I mean, there's no animals in sight. You can't find them anywhere and mm-hmm. you're out there just enjoying nature. I love it for generally, now I'm not a white tail hunter yet, um, but generally the time of year that you hunt out West with a bow is one of the best times of the year to mm-hmm. be out in the mountains. Um, you know, other than the rut, I mean, it's, it's cooling down. Yeah, there's some hot days, but it's cooling down and uh, the, the leaves are changing um, and it's just, it's just a beautiful time of year to be out in the mountains. Uh, so you get to go out and recharge. My wife even says, she's like, you, you come back a different you. Like, it's, yeah. it's like you, you have that yearly recharge. She was like, I don't necessarily enjoy you being gone, but you definitely come back a better version of you. And, uh, and that's something that, you know, she, she doesn't, she's not lying to me when she says that. Cause I definitely yeah. feel that. Yeah. Uh, and and so a lot of people say that as well. What is it that you connect most with? And I mean, you being in Texas, obviously, you're not doing a ton of public land hunting in Texas. Uh, maybe where are some places that you go and maybe some of your favorite places?
1: Uh, we're full on out west hunters. Um, so like a little bit of my background I, my parents, nobody in front of my family grew up hunting. Um, I what i was um introduced to as far as hunting goes i did not like or agree with so actually for a long time i i was not a supporter of hunting um and then tony did a little bit of hunting in college 2019 he got more serious about it and got a bow and then when he took an interest you know i'm very open minded so i was like okay what's you know what's this about and he kind of told me what his reasons were. And then I was introduced to, like I'm sure many people are Cameron Haynes and his mindset when it comes to hunting. And that just totally clicked with me. I'm like, wow, there's, you know, there's so many aspects of this that I just shut down for years, but it really is a good thing. Um, So with that, um, yeah, we, in Texas, there's not a lot of public land, like you said. I think it's only three percent public land, which is not a lot. Um, there's a lot of people that have leases, and so with that, you have feeders and stands. And um, mm-hmm. I did that once, um, and I, I got a white tail that way, and um, very grateful to have that opportunity and for that animal. But it wasn't it wasn't the right fit for me. Um, when we go out west to Colorado, we're you know we don't have any experience, but what we lack in experience, we make up for in heart because we give it our all. But being out in the woods, um, tracking and looking for the animal and, you know, kind of like your, your wife tells you, you come back a different person. We do too. It's like, even if we don't see anything, it's like a, you know, a week or two week long meditation. Honestly, Mm -hmm. you're, you're away from people, you're away from you know, cell service, any kind of electronics. And it's really just you, your thoughts and God. And it's kind of, um, it lets you get clear on a lot of things, but yeah, we love to go out to Colorado to hunt. Um, and we're going to look towards going to, you know, Montana and Wyoming and New Mexico in the coming years. But like I said, we're, we're newbies. We're just a few years into this very self-taught. And, um, So Colorado has been a good entry for us and we love it. But from there, we, we plan to keep expanding and growing.
0: That's awesome. That's really cool to hear. You know, I would agree on that as well. It's, it's funny that, um, you know, we kind of started around the same time just before the pandemic and, uh, and as far as bow hunting is concerned, and there's a lot of different ways. And again, there's going to be people that listen to this. There's nothing against Um, and you've definitely not said this, but I just want to clarify, there's nothing against, uh, you know, sitting over a feeder. We do understand, you know, obviously that there's, there's a time and a place for that. Mm -hmm. I recommend people go to Texas if they, especially if you know someone or you have some money that you can go down and get some, you know, what you hear around reps in the red zone, right? Uh, definitely want to be able to understand what your body does during buck fever, Mm -hmm. um, things along those lines, put yourself in those situations where there's animals coming in. but it's not the same experience for me as, and it sounds like for you and, and Tony as well, as going out into the mountains, spot and stalk, that kind of hunting.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, is.
0: It's totally different. There's a time and a place for both, for sure. Uh, if you don't have a ton of time, you know, it can be difficult to go out west and, and hunt that mm-hmm. style. Um, so again, there there's there's so many different variations to it. Um, but I would agree with you that that's also not, I don't get the same enjoyment out of it. I'd almost Mm -hmm. rather go for a week and not kill something and have that experience. If I had to choose that one over sitting in front of a feeder and having three bucks, um, you know, for me, it's just that whole experience is completely different. It recharges me in a different way. One's great for freezing the filler or filling the freezer and, uh, and getting reps in the red zone. The other one is just a whole nother like you said, meditation, enlightenment, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, it's you, God, and nature. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, there really is. There's, there's nothing else like it. Again, it's, I'm so glad that we found it. And just, I mean, the community in general has been amazing. You know, um, we've made friends in the past few years that are, you know, going to be lifelong friends and that have we've gotten closer with than a lot of, you know, other people that we've known for years too, which is, it's just such a cool community. It seems like such a big community, but it's actually really small and everybody knows each other and it's super supportive of each other. Um, and you know, there is a lot of conservation that's involved in this type of hunting as well, which is huge. And I think everybody in the community knows that and respects that and knows that, you know, we have to honor that in order to continue to do what we do. So, um, there's just layers. There's so many layers to, to bow hunting that, that I love.
0: That's awesome. No, definitely. And it it also goes back to, uh, you know, what you were saying about providing your own meat. Um, that's something that's, that's crucial as well. Uh, there's, there's not much better for you than a good elk steak.
1: Mm -mm.
0: Um, you know, it's, it's lean, it's red meat, it's got the protein and it's high in, um, hemoglobin and other things that, you know, that your body needs. Uh, that you don't get from store bought beef. Uh mm-hmm. you just you just don't. And no. so um but that that's that's awesome. What is maybe one of your what's so you said you've been to Colorado, only Colorado up to this point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah what's we, your
0: favorite? Oh, go ahead.
1: Uh no, I was just saying we we started in 2020, so we did 2020, 21, 22 and then 23 we're going back as well. So this will be our fourth year. Okay.
0: Awesome. Awesome, so that's that's really cool. Um, do you guys do you take your trailer? You mentioned you have an RV.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. we do. We awesome. take our trailer. We get a, a farm sitter, and uh, we just we just go. It's fun.
0: A farm sitter. I've never even heard mm-hmm. of that before. So that, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I was
1: uh, like posted the other day. I had to make a whole syllabus of like, here's the chickens routine. Here's the cows routine. Here's the dogs routine gates have to stay closed, you know, so there's a whole hmm. there's a whole lot that goes into it.
0: Wow. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> like I've heard, you know, obviously babysitters, but that's cool, a farm sitter. Yeah. Um so what what's something that I guess what's something that we haven't discussed today that's a big part of your life um that maybe you want to bring up or share with other people? Uh, and if there's not something you want to delve into one of the other topics, that's great too. But
1: is yeah. there something
0: that, that I haven't asked about that you'd like to share about?
1: Yeah, I kind of have a, a story of, you know, ultimately why, you know, like health is so important to me, why we have a farm and, you know, why we got into ultimately bow hunting for, you know, so many reasons, but ultimately it's to fill your freezer with, you know, the best organic meat. Um, I, I kind of lost my way after college and, um, worked a really, um, stressful job for a few years, um, was not in a good relationship at the time and then was just kind of honestly killing myself in the gym. So I was working out, not in a positive way and, you know, doing a bikini competition. It was, you know, for vanity reasons, over health reasons and, ultimately, it was 2016, my health really crashed. Um, My, my cortisol was actually so high for so long that the doctors thought I had something called Cushing's disease, which is caused by a tumor in your brain. Um, So they did brain scans on me. And, you know, for like six months, I went to six different doctors, they couldn't figure out what Hmm. was going on. And they started, you know, they wanted to do some surgeries on me. And I just asked them, I was like, well, do you even know if this is going to work? And they're like, well, not really. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Like, you want to cut me open and you don't know how this is going to work. I'm going to go figure this out on my own. And so, like, that's when I really got into health and nutrition and ultimately, like, changed my lifestyle. I, I learned what grounding was, which is, you know, going outside, being in nature, literally touching dirt and grass um, I reset my circadian rhythm by getting sunshine first thing in the morning and going to bed at the same time every night, um, change my nutrition. Um, that's why, you know, knowing where my food comes from is so important to me because, you know, nowadays, food is just so easily accessible and there's just there's so many preservatives and seed oils and sugar in it that you're really not getting the nutrients that you need. And so really, you know like taking my health into my own hands changed everything for me and that's why I really wanted a farm and you know when me and Tony first met he also wanted that too and we we had really before we were even together um we had each aligned who we were what we wanted in life what our values are and then when we met each other it just meshed so perfectly and now we've got this beautiful life together so you know, just kind of like taking my health into my own hands. And, you know, going from there led me to, you know, having a farm and chickens and bow hunting my own meat, you know, and everything like that. So that's kind of something I wanted to touch on is just that, like, you know, for anyone listening, like you really have so much control over your life. If you don't think you do, you really do. And, um, health is number one, you know, like if, if you're not healthy you really can't experience life the way that it's meant to be experienced and even like show up for your family members too you know like you want to be able to show up healthy for them and and you know pick up where they can't so that was kind of that's kind of like my biggest message to people is just like you know take care of your health you know it doesn't there's so many diets out there and you know quick fixes it's like just find what works for you you know eat whole foods You know, meditate, manage your stress, um, and find things that you enjoy doing, because that's that's life giving. You know, life goes by so fast um to spend it doing anything else other than, you know, what truly lights your heart on fire.
0: Exactly. No, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. And it's you know, I'm just gonna touch on that as well because I'm not the best at routines. That's something that I'm personally working on right now is time blocking. Uh time blocking for me is it's difficult because of children, because yes. there's always going to be something. The random phone call from the school, the, you know, this, <laughs> that, or the other, there's always, there's always going to be something, but, um, I'm trying to find an approach that I can apply on a consistent basis so I can share that with people, with other parents mm-hmm. as well, because you look at that, um, I want to say it's the five hour work week mm-hmm. book. Tim I do you've heard of yeah. that book. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, great, that, that seems awesome, but my life can't be structured that easily. Like,
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I didn't I get have it. kids,
0: I, dude, 100%. But what I will say is that, you know, using kids as an excuse is not acceptable either. And I, I feel like a lot of people do use kids as an excuse. So yeah. you can control, again, control what you can control, right? Mm-hmm. So bedtime trying to get them in at the same time every single day or wake them up every single day, at the same time. That's not easy, but it's doable. And mm-hmm. that's something that you've mentioned too. help them form a routine as well as parents out there. Um, cause I know I've got a lot of parents listening. You may hear yeah. what Amy Jo saying and being like, Oh, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I agree. But what you can do you can do the very similar things and it's, it's your job. It's your responsibility as a parent mm-hmm. to teach your children these habits that Amy Joe's talking about, because mm-hmm. you signed up for it. <laughs> you really did. As, as, yeah. as a parent, you signed up for these things. And so, and I know one day, if you guys do have children, uh, if that's in the plans, you guys will have had these, this life built up these, um, you know, habits and, and things that you guys consistently do. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to mold that right into your children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that, that's just something that, that I want people to understand. I try and drill that home to people that kids are not an excuse. Mm-hmm. Um, it can seem easy to haunt it off on them, but that's not taking ownership because you are the parent.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: want you to take what Amy Joe has said just now and apply that in whatever way you can because there are some things that you can control and get under your 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 reins a little bit better um, as far as routines are concerned. And I love that you mm-hmm. brought that up because it is super important to get outside to set those routines, make sure you're going to bed at a similar time every single night. And you've got your training schedule, you've got your work schedule, you've got your okay. family, all the things that you've got going on. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you sharing that. That's, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, and I think too, just to kind of give some encouragement, like there's always things changing in life. It's always a moving target, you know, but if you're, if you're failing, you at least know you're trying, you know, so, and that's Mm -hmm. just, it's part of life. So, you know, just start small, control the things that you can control. And if it's too overwhelming, take a step back, you know, like just build, build those little brick by brick, small things. Like, is it removing, I'm drinking way too much soda during the week. Let's remove a little bit of that, you know, and then, you know, it's like that. I think what, what goes wrong with people, I was a trainer for seven years, personal trainer. So I, I got to see like what works for people, what doesn't work for people. What doesn't work is when people try to change everything at once, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. it's too overwhelming. You're going to go back to your habits. Right. But if you just do one small thing at a time, like what is one thing that you can do this week or this month that will slowly move the needle forward? You know, it's, it's the, uh, there's a really good book by Darren Hardy called The Compound Effect. And he talks about like, basically your micro choices equal macro effects, you know? So it's like the little things that you can do, you know, and, and don't beat yourself up also, you know, like you have yeah. to have fun with it. So have fun with it and start small. That's, that's all it exactly.
0: takes. Exactly. And it's funny to me that people always want to talk about, oh, well, you know, in your retirement fund or the financial things saying, Hey, if you put a little bit in how much it changes exponentially in the long run, I'm like, I agree with you.
1: What about <laughs> your health?
0: Yeah, <laughs> you for know, sure. What about 30 minutes in the gym, you don't have to go for the two hours or the three training sessions a day that some bodybuilders go through.
1: Mm-hmm. Like that's
0: not your job, right? Mm-hmm. But if you want to be healthier in the long run, you want those dividends, Pay out now a little bit of your day. Everyone's got mm-hmm. 20 minutes to go move, 45 minutes to go for a walk outside. You know, when that gets easier, add a backpack. Everyone's got some kind of backpack in their house. Yeah. You have some books or something heavy laying around that you can throw in the backpack when that gets easy. Like, <clears throat> you can just slowly increase. You don't have to go out and, and do college track like Amy Jo over here mm-hmm. and crush jujitsu and CrossFit. <laughs> you You can just go for a walk. Like just yeah. get better at what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Take some time and make yourself better. You know, yep. move a little bit more, eat a little bit better today. If you hate vegetables, I'm sorry, but I'm going to say it. Add some greens, <laughs> add a little bit of broccoli yeah. into your day, then add some snap peas. Find something that you like. My wife, um, she hates fish, absolutely hates fish. And, uh, it's kind of a bummer cause we, uh, my buddy goes to Alaska every year and brings back like a hundred pounds of salmon. Right. And so we have salmon out in the freezer, (laughs) like just anyway, uh, but she's found that the fish oil that she, Mm -hmm. she just found like a combination of this particular fish oil with this Greek yogurt. And she's like, best thing I've had in a while, got rid of my sweet Mm -hmm. tooth, but it's taken her probably a year to figure that out. You know? Mm -hmm. So like it just little things every single day to better your, your nutrition, your health, finances, whatever it may be that you're aiming Mm -hmm. for, building out the gym that you guys have, having the farm that you guys have. It didn't happen overnight. Mm -mm. I imagine it didn't, you know? No,
1: it took a lot of years and a lot of blood, sweat and tears. So there's a quote that I love. It's like, don't, don't look at someone's front stage, front stage success. Look at their backstage story. Cause like, what you see on Instagram is like a mm. very small portion of it. You know what I mean? Like there's been so many years, like when I was trying to get my health together, I mean, I cried every day because I'm like, oh my God, like the journey is so far, you know, it's so far. But once like you just put one foot in front of the other, before you know it, you look around and you're like, wow, I've got a pretty cool life now. But it's because mm-hmm. you do the hard things every single day and, you know, don't overwhelm yourself, just start small. And there's not a one size fits all plan. Like everybody's so different. everybody is different. Um, everybody's interests are different, you know, that's what makes you, you. So it's just, it's ultimately just slowing down to like, look at what do you want? You know, what makes me feel good? You know, when I eat this, do I feel energized or do I feel sleepy? You know, maybe I shouldn't Mm -hmm. eat that next time. What could I do next time? You know, it's just kind of like ultimately just focusing more on yourself in a healthy way, you know, and then everything just lines out from there.
0: Exactly. Exactly. No, I I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, you know, it's it it's been awesome hearing kind of your journey and and just I I, again I met you at TAC last year. Um, you and your husband just seem like a a great couple. I love highlighting those couples just like your your parents, freaking Mm -hmm. forty something years, man. That is man, we uh my wife and I went on a date the other night and we ran it happened to run into a couple that's been married for oh, what did they say? It was almost forty years. And I was just like,
1: yeah,
0: like we're getting ready to hit our 10 year mark next year. And, and my wife's like, well, after that statistics say you're stuck with me for the rest of your (laughs) life. So are you sure you want to go through this next year with me? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I really appreciate your time, uh, Amy Joe. I I appreciate everything that you've shared today. It's been really insightful. I, I know people are going to glean some really good things from this and, uh, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you about. Uh, a cattle farm. Not kidding.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh man, we can, can tell you what, what you. not to yeah. do. Yeah, we can it, tell you what yeah, not don't, to do. Don't
0: buy, don't buy the the uh, the meat steer, right? Or the yeah, you don't want to buy that one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, for those just catching up, Tony bought a bull off of Craigslist when we moved out to the farm, and he was rogue. He went through fences. He tried to go through us a few times. He went after our neighbors' horses, so we literally like had to process him. Um, so that's how we got into beef processing, but, um, yeah, we, it was total accident. Um, people can find me on Instagram. It's at Amy Jo Teague. And then, uh, me and Tony actually just started a YouTube channel a few months ago. It's at Texas to table, Texas to table. Um, and that's where you can get more long form versions of what's happening around the farm because it is a funny farm around here. We're trying to share more of it and what we've learned <laughs> not to do. So if you're looking for some entertainment, that's where you want to go.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'll leave the links down below, guys, for you guys to go check it out. But I, I highly recommend that you guys go check out uh, Amy Joe, their farm, and everything that they've got going on. Get some good informational tidbits there. And uh, yeah, again, thanks so much for hopping on, Amy Joe. It's it's been cool. a pleasure. And I look forward to seeing you at TAC this year.
1: Yeah, likewise. Thanks for having me on.
0: All right. And of course, guys, as I always say, get out, live your life, and love it. That's right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I enjoyed talking with Amy Jo and sharing her story. She's just a great overall individual. Her and her husband have built this homestead. They're continuing to learn how to farm. They love archery. They love tinkering. They love gear, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, fitness, traveling, all of the things that we want to do and apply in our lives. So take a play out of their book, guys. Learn from them. Uh message them on social media. Amy Joe is very responsive. She'll let you know uh, how she can help. You know, if you got any questions for her. So go check out the links down below. I'll leave them down below to find Amy Joe and their YouTube channel so you guys can go check out the awesome work they're doing over there as well. Again, I want to remind you guys, come join us over at Redbeard's Fit Crew and First Form Outdoors if you're on Facebook. I'd love to see you over in that group getting in on the challenges the giveaways etc let's keep this ball rolling and again if you got something out of this podcast which i'm sure you did leave a review share it with others that's how this podcast is growing and that's how you can support us here at redbeard's fit crew thank you so much guys and over here at Redbeard outdoors as we always say get out live your life and love it